Welcome to another YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on YFELive.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Dono, and tonight's guest is Mina Harris. She's a creator of this beautiful shirt that you see on the screen. If you are listening to the audio, unfortunately, you cannot see it. Tyra Banks is modeling it here. Mina is going to be talking to us about why it was created in the first place and all of her insights uh, in her day job. So make sure that you stay tuned for the next 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFEChat. And don't forget to introduce yourself on the chat on YFELive.com. Chat live. Like I said, tonight's guest is Mina Harris of I'm an Entrepreneur Bitch.com. <laughs> I actually found out about Mina reading an, an article in Entrepreneur.com, and uh, it was funny because as I was reading it, I was literally thinking, I've wanted to say this so many times. You have no idea. I've, when you go to an, a networking event, or maybe if I'm at a family event, or I'm talking to someone new, like in an elevator, and they're asking me what I do, and I just kind of want to be like, I'm an entrepreneur, bitch. <laughs> Does it sound right coming out of my mouth? Um, but it's gone through my head a number of times. So Mina's going to talk to us about how it got started in the entrepreneur uh, article. It talked a little bit about how it was initially a fundraising idea, and then it turned into this female empowerment platform. And so very excited to talk to Mina. Before we bring her on, I just want to mention our sponsor, of course, MailChimp. Uh, tonight's episode is 119, and it's brought to you by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com for free. Don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at yfe.me forward slash mailed it. So we've been off for a couple weeks, and I am totally rusty. <laughs> you guys can tweet me at Jennifer Dono. Use the hashtag YFEChat for the next 30 minutes so we can make sure that we get your questions answered from Mina. Um, before we bring her on, I wanted to just feature a couple couple young female entrepreneurs that are doing some really cool things. The first one is Mulberry Press Co. This is a company I've been obsessed with on Instagram. I just think they are doing some really smart stuff. Um, this female founder, she created shirts kind of like Mina did that has really empowering sayings on it that really let you know or can you can show other people what it is that you the mottos you live by essentially but she's doing some really neat things on Instagram as far as uh combining or partnering with other brands that are similar to hers and one of those brands that I found through her was Gun and Swain and they're doing some really cool things too in Southern California she is selling some really unique pieces on her website and again she does the same thing she links up with other brands very creatively on Instagram and I definitely recommend that you guys check that out you know how I'm a big fan of Instagram that's where I try and stay as far as keeping it positive keeping it nice and visual and not seeing too many crummy things online so anyway let's go ahead and talk to Mina Mina like I said is a creative I'm an entrepreneur bitch.com Mina thank you so much for joining us today of course thank you for having me so tell us more about the whole concept behind the the shirt how did it get started and what it, what does it really mean I'm an entrepreneur bitch uh, so the phrase itself uh, was sort of first a spinoff of, I don't know if you've um, seen the social network, but I worked at Facebook um, from 2006 to 2009, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg famous, famously had business cards that said, I'm a CEO bitch on them. So um, <laughs> working at the company at that time, I was aware of the existence of these business cards. And uh, so that was sort of initially how I came up with the phrase. Um, and you spoke to this a little bit, but um, that it's just something that 
that you wanted to say to people. And that's sort of uh, how I came up with the phrase, I'm an entrepreneur bitch, which is um, I just graduated from law school. I had moved to DC uh, to take a judicial clerkship. And DC, um, like you know, many, I guess, one industry towns, and this is on my website actually on the homepage, um, it's very career oriented and um, people are really focused on their professions. And so naturally when you meet people in new settings, the very first thing most often they ask you is what do you do and who do you work for? And it can get a little exhausting at times and that's sort of always um, what you can expect from people in these settings. So I, I felt the same way as, as you said, I wanted to just say, I'm an entrepreneur bitch. And at the time I, as I said, I was, um, going into a clerkship, but I was actually exploring a bigger venture um, with a girlfriend of mine, actually one of my law school classmates. And the t-shirt, um, I came up with the idea as a, a mechanism to raise capital for that venture. So we were looking at sort of different crowdfunding models. And she's actually uh, the friend of mine who I was exploring this venture with, It was doing is doing a joint degree um, at Harvard Business School. And so um, I thought that the message would you know, resonate with um, her classmates and aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, so that's how it initially came about. And then um, certain events sort of uh, took it in another direction. One of those being that my friend and I decided um, to put our our idea um, or pursuing our idea on hold, um, one so that she could finish her degree. Um, she's still in school, one year left. Um, and I, as I said, was at that time, I was actually coming out of my clerkship by then and I had decided to go to a law firm in DC. So we were both um, sort of, you know, as I think a lot of people who are trying to pursue their dreams on the side were consumed with um, sort of what was in front of us. So that was one factor. And then um, another, uh, as you mentioned this also, Tyra Banks uh, sort of became interested in the t-shirts. And she at that time also was sort of entering a new space and was looking at um, uh, entering the venture capital space and was investing in businesses and primarily those that were uh, that are started by young women. So when she, um, one of the first companies she invested in, it's called uh, Locket, which is an Android app. She, um, you know, sort of as a congratulatory, uh, you know, gift to the young woman whose company she was investing and gave her this t-shirt. Um, so at that time, it sort of um, morphed into something um, and really more meaningful to me, which is sort of uh, using it as an empowerment tool, a, a small, you know, tool that um, really can, I think, give, inspire confidence in, in young women or, you know, women entrepreneurs who are trying to do something that is really difficult and scary and, and risky. And I think, you know, we have, we look at people like Mark Zuckerberg who go, go on to create these, um, you know, amazing companies, but the fact is many people um, start off and they fail and it's a scary thing. And so so the sort of, um, as you mentioned too, it's, it's a, there's a certain confidence about it that you, I'm asserting myself as an entrepreneur. That that's who I am, and I'm proud of that. Um, so that's sort of my, the, the backstory of how these came, how the t-shirts came about. Well, you know, it's funny. There's a that new show that's on. Welcome to Sweden. Have you checked that out, Mina? I haven't. <laughs> so it's this little show on NBC that is Amy Poehler. For those of you who don't know, Amy Poehler's brother and her, I believe they both, uh, they co-produced it. And it's first aired on Sweden, and now it's airing in the U.S. And there is a joke at the beginning of the first episode, you guys will have to check it out, where the brother is saying, I'm an entrepreneur. And the guy's like, so what are you an entrepreneur of? I think you have to be an entrepreneur of something. He's like, I'm just an entrepreneur. <laughs> Right. I loved it. And it's kind of like the shirt where, but it's interesting. It's an interesting word because for the longest time when youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com started, I had to almost convince young women that had, you know, successful companies 
that mm-hmm. they were an entrepreneur. It wasn't something that they necessarily resonated with or identified themselves as. And nowadays, I feel like anyone, you don't even have to have a company yet. You might have just a million different ideas up in the air. A young woman will call herself an entrepreneur. And I think that's awesome as far as, you know, taking it to the next level. And I just think it's it's almost seeing yourself as bigger than than just you know the one woman shop it's it's having some kind of vision like I can go farther than this type of a thing so I love I love the idea like I said at the beginning now really fast touching back onto the fundraising point what I mean at what point did you say I have this idea I want to raise money so let's go ahead and create the shirt was that pretty quickly that you got started with that I mean, how did the idea for raising money for the idea with a t-shirt come about? Uh, it was, um, it came about pretty quickly. I would say maybe sort of just the um, basic idea of using a t-shirt um, for any message was probably influenced by my time on uh, working on the Obama campaign, um, where that was sort of the first time we were, um, or at least for me, not obviously the first time in, in politics, but um, using, you know, t-shirts and um, gear to uh, to communicate with voters and um, mobilize voters and identify with the campaign. So one example um, that I, I had an actual particular relationship with was, um, I don't know if you remember this, it was Barack the Vote, um, was a line <laughs> of t-shirts, which was very creative and a really popular line. And actually the same, you know, it's a, a was a small business created by um, a brother and sister who had a, um, you know, good idea and they, it became um, really, really popular on the campaign. So I think in terms of the, using a t-shirt, I think that was sort of my influence. Um, in terms of the larger venture and then thinking of using a t-shirt to raise capital, I think that sort of you know came together fairly quickly. I think it's a smart idea. Now, was this a B2B venture, are you able to say? Um, I, uh, it was not, um, and I'm not really talking about it at this time. <laughs> so it wasn't, it was more consumer-based then? Yes, exactly, Interesting. absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. It was, mm. it was consumer. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you do with that. Now, how did you get the shirts in Tyra Banks' hand? You said she's now starting to um, invest. Is she an angel? Does she have an actual venture capital firm that she's started? Yeah, she so I she actually um, congratulations to her. Uh, by the way, she just received, got a new deal um, with ABC and Disney to host a new daytime talk show. Um, so that's really? what she will primarily be doing. Yeah, next year, which is really exciting opportunity for her. Um, I'm not exactly sure sort of what the model will be. I think there is sort of a, a panel format. Um, so it'd be exciting to see what she does with that. Um, we I was actually able to connect with her through our um, both of our involvement in California politics uh, back in 2010. So um, I was able to sort of get the t-shirt in her hands um, through that relationship and she happened to love it and um, was really supportive just sort of initially, you know, talking, she's an example of, you know, she's a business mogul and really a self-made woman and um, in that way, um, a a great model, I think, for young women entrepreneurs who are trying to get started. Um, So she was, she was really great early on and um, obviously it was a nice marketing tool as well to have her. She, you know, was posting pictures in the t-shirt and really in that way sort of helped to get it off the ground. which I'm thankful for. So you had, is this from your internship then? 
Uh, no, I was actually working, so um, I was a deputy campaign manager for Kamala Harris, who uh, was at the time running for California California Attorney General. Um, she also happens to be my aunt, so it was uh, all in the family. Um, but So I was uh, managing a lot of her relationships through um, the campaign, through uh, fundraising. So. And was Tyra Banks then part of the fundraising piece? Did you have... She- now, did you have a direct connection with her, or is this you talking to her people? Um, I know I was I was put directly in touch with her. She was a huge supporter um, of the campaign. So yeah, it's um, funny how sort of you know you um, different interests can allow you to collide with people in different ways, and you have no idea how those relationships will sort of come come back in different ways. So. It was- awesome to reconnect with her. So in college, I was a political science major, and I interned at um, a political party up here, and I had to do as part of the intern thing was uh, make a ton of cold calls, basically, to raise mm-hmm. money, and especially the party I was interning in at the time, some people that are in Seattle might know which one I am, I was at, was doing really poorly, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> and uh, they were losing tons of money because they just had to do a big, long legal battle, and so we really had to hit the phones a lot. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to see. I remember on that Excel spreadsheet how many names I recognized that were like local celebrities, and you got to call them. I mean, it was their direct phone number. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, I could see where that would be priceless having that, that I mean, that contact list basically. Where else can you get that? So now, how did then you go from being uh, in that type of relationship into saying, "Hey, Tyra Banks, will you wear my shirt?" <laughs> Um, well, actually, I, I didn't. I didn't formally ask her to wear it. I sort of uh, told her that I had this idea. Well, for sort of to to walk back a little bit, I, I was also consulting her and wanting to get sort of her um, advice on the bigger venture that I was exploring. So that's sort of how I first approached her, and oh, I said, "I'm cool. thinking about, um, you know, I have this idea, and I'm thinking about um, starting a, a, a startup and looking into this. And what advice would you have? And it's sort of in a space that um, she's interested in, um, and so I thought she'd be a good person to reach out to. Um, which sort of, you know, goes to mentorship and using sort of um, connections that you have to to research and and learn from people who have who have done it before. Um, so that's how I f- first approached her. Um, and in the process was explaining to her that I was making these t-shirts to raise capital and um, you know that's sort of how we were first thinking of going about um, pursuing the idea and she happened to really like the t-shirts and so um, she actually she bought a, a several t-shirts I didn't you know it which is so generous of her I'm sure um, you know that you know when you're trying to market and do you giving a lot away for free in the early stages so she actually um, bought some t-shirts and um, that too I didn't you know ask her to post them online she just happened to really like um, the idea so it was it it came together really well in that way well so since you brought up mentorship I read this article not too long ago in Fast Company that was talking about C200, and it's like this super secret, super successful women club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they emphasize mentorship and the idea that these women that make, I think it was $500 million plus in revenue, really have to mentor those women that are at the $5 million plus in revenue because they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, I mean, what is your idea or what's your – what's your thoughts on mentorship and how is it important to go after those people that have been there before or is it important to, to kind of just have all of those people out of your mind and create something new in order to to be successful 
I, I think it's a balance. I think on the one hand, I, I think mentors are critical to um, success. I think that you know when you have opportunities to um, get advice from knowledgeable people and, exper and experts and people who have done um, something before you that you might be interested in, you should absolutely sort of go out and, and do your research and talk to people um, and, and seek out mentorship. I think the word mentor, I have um, some mixed feelings about it and I think this is coming actually from uh, my law school uh, perspective, which is that there is this kind of really aggressive emphasis on mentorship and networking. Um, in the sense that it felt very forced and calculated. And I think one thing that I've learned um, to appreciate about mentorship and sort of how I think about it and approach it is that it, it, it's organic and um, it comes about in a natural way where you, um, you know, I think you ask this is do you sort of ignore everyone and, and put your head down and, and sort of do something different. I think that's part of it in, in that, um, you know, you should pursue your creative ideas as best as you can and do um, the best you can and the, you know the best job and I think that with sort of that hard work and um, dedication you you become recognized by people who want to invest in you and um, who see an interesting idea and, and want to be involved so I think in that way they mentorship should come about in a uh, more organic way um, where someone you know wants to invest in your success and sort of discovers um, I mean maybe not necessarily discovers you I think it, uh, there's obviously some um, work that people need to do to sort of get their name out there and um, sort of basic marketing. But um, I think it's an important thing to keep in mind that it uh, you can't sort of, you know, just go up to someone and say, will you be my mentor without sort of having, a, you know, some sort of um, relationship with them, having worked with them in, in some capacity or have some other sort of interaction with them where they can um, grow to, to know you and really feel like they want to invest in you. Well, and you know, I feel like a lot of, I agree with you in almost everything you said, um, but I feel like a lot of the uh, the best examples of mentorship in the past have been from people that it is, there's some kind of mutual beneficial type of a deal that's going on where I'm helping you because eventually your success is going to lead to even greater successes for myself, that type of a thing. And I think it can be tricky when you're a young female entrepreneur, it's almost... Um, it's easier to grasp to the people that are saying it's $1,500 and I'll coach you type of a thing. It's, it's, right. it's almost too easy to just go after that versus really work for that mentorship, build the relationship, find the person that's really going to get you to that next level. So, I mean, we're going to get to your attorney um, piece in a minute. You mentioned your legal uh, background. But before we do, you started at Facebook as an employee. And that's, like you said, a lot of this is... is of what you're doing now with I'm an Entrepreneur Bitch was based off of Mark Zuckerberg and his infamous business card. So what did you learn while you were at Facebook? What did you take away as far as female entrepreneurship goes? I mean, like you said, when you watch the Facebook movie, um, Social Network, you kind of have a bad taste in your mouth as far as entrepreneurship goes in the valley and just male ickiness. So <laughs> what did you take away from all of that? Um, I, I think, I mean, you touched on one of my observations uh, when I was working in the Valley. I think, so for one, I wasn't, while I was at Facebook, I wasn't sort of pursuing um, any entrepreneurial endeavor. I wasn't um, in that capacity uh, at the company. So my perspective has, has changed a little bit. I think it's become a little bit more informed now that I've left. But there's no question that one thing that very much stood out to me was that it's a 
male dominated industry and which I felt oftentimes could feel rather unwelcoming to women. So, I mean, from, you know, engineering positions to, um, you know, advertising and other or exec positions are just were not a lot of women. Um, and that I think is a problem that still exists that I've observed But the work that I do as a lawyer. I interact a lot with um, tech companies and I'm still sort of in that world again in a different capacity and even different capacity. But um, it's definitely something that stood out to me even then when, and I mean, even at that time, you know, Facebook was only uh, two years old. So it was still very um, new. It was the start of a sort of new era in the Valley. Um, but there, in many ways, it, it, it did feel sort of like an old boys club. And I think now um, that I'm starting to learn more about, you know, investment and sort of the VC world, I think, um, I've, I'm seeing that more in that it really is a lot of, um, it's built on, you know, relationships in terms of people getting funding and even, you know, being taken seriously as an entrepreneur. A lot of it has to do with sort of established relationships. Um, and so when you have a landscape like that, I think um, it can be daunting for women. It's about the fact that you're already to, to um, sort of enter this space is already kind of a very scary thing to do. And I think um, that environment can be, uh, it can be really difficult for women and something that I hope will change. I hope to change. I think uh, my, my t-shirt and I was hoping would be sort of my, my small um, contribution to, um, you know, encouraging both confidence among women, but then also um, sort of, um, you know, more uh, support for young women entrepreneurs um, to well, feel I supported. Like, I like that you said that it's uh, encouraging confidence because I feel like a lot of people are out there trying to get more women in the game. And I feel like there's a lot of women that are part of the the scene. They're networking, they're out there, they're starting companies, but it's that confidence piece that's missing. And when I read the C200 article, it kind of brought me back to this t-shirt, the idea that yeah, we're we're in it. There's more women in it, but how do we get from the five million to five hundred million? And a lot of it is uh, the confidence and mentorship, and just putting yourself out there and realizing that you could be bigger than what you're doing right now. You could be helping so many more people. So, Mina, uh, data and you're a data security and privacy attorney. Yes. We do not have too many of those on YFHL Live. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to get your, your insight as far as that goes. So one funny thing, I've talked to a number of entrepreneurs. I My background is I uh, co-owned a, a web hosting company. And so I got to work with a lot of businesses and I learned a lot about entrepreneurship just through you know building that company up, working with other business owners was just incredibly educational. And I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs that were in the same boat as me. They're starting as, they started out as web hosts and it's kind of like a little inside joke with us uh, mm -hmm. that you do this and you go on to another company. So Mina, working with other companies and I'm assuming you're working with larger companies within the tech area so kind mm -hmm. of like what you were saying, what what advice would you give to other female entrepreneurs based off of what you're learning? Hmm, I'm, I'm not sure uh, that my advice necessarily and, and that I would give to female entrepreneurs um, relates necessarily to my work as a lawyer um, and working with really, you know, big corporations. Um, I think maybe this does pertain a little bit to the work that I do. There's sort of a creative element to my work in that um, you know, a company will come to us with a product idea and basically want us to assess what legal risk they may be um, getting into. And um, part of that 
means that we may respond by saying, well, you could think about doing the product this way in a different way. So there's sort of a creative element to it. Um, but that I say that um, because I would say part of the advice that I would give young um, entrepreneurs is to sort of stay creative and um, but also realistic in that, you know, some it's you hit walls, you um, people fail at this. And I think it's important to stick to sort of what um, initially drove you to, to, to take that risk to, to start a company or, you know, potentially to have left a full time job to pursue something. Um, and while also sort of being realistic about if something's not working, you know, use that creativity to think about doing it in a, in a different way um, that you hadn't previously considered. So being flexible too um, with your ideas and, um, and that way too learning from, um, you had talked about this a little bit before, but learning um, from your peers. And I think that goes to this idea of mentorship too, that, you know, you re- there's so much to learn um, from other young entrepreneurs who are trying to do even different different things but um, i think that you know the uh world is, is changing rapidly with uh technology and social media now in terms of um impacting how we think of sort of traditional business models and um you spoke to sort of using instagram for example as a marketing tool that's something i sort of you know discovered over time i for at one time was playing around with facebook ads and was new to Instagram and wasn't really active. And, and I discovered this entire world of, and you spoke to this too, you know, of, of bloggers and other young women uh, business owners. And it's, it's spectacular what um, they've been doing with that platform. Um, so I think it's important to sort of, you know, keep an open mind in that way too, and, and to be hungry to learn um, from your peers. I think that's sort of the basic advice that I would give. I like the hungry to learn. It's a good one. Hopefully someone will tweet that. <laughs> so, Mina, the, as far as being an attorney by day, an entrepreneur at night, um, and it sounds like you're creating something that's not like a solo venture. You can just go off and, and bootstrap this. It sounds like you're going to be raising money for it and uh, working with someone else. How do you balance that with your day job? And I don't mean in the sense of like, oh, I, when I get home, I'm going to work eight hours, that kind of thing. How do you, I mean more in the sense of how do you tell your employee do you or your employer, do you tell your employer, especially as an attorney, I feel mm-hmm. like you have so many other things to worry about then when it comes to creating uh, something else. Because there's the issue of, um, you know, who owns this? If I'm working here and then I've created this other th- entity, does my employer own, have, you know, some kind of stake in the equity? So anyway, Mina, wh- how, do you, how do you balance that? Um, well, I think there are different uh, questions there. I think um, when you're wanting to sort of uh, start something on the side, depending on um, the size of that and sort of what sort of commitment um, it's going to take. I think one that's obviously really dependent on, um, you know, it, it varies person to person. So for example, what I'm doing with my t-shirts is a very small thing that I'm able to maintain on the side without interfering with, um, yes, a very, very um, demanding and busy uh, day job, so to speak. Um, I didn't, it didn't feel like it was um, encroaching enough onto my sort of uh, time at my firm that I needed to inform, formally inform uh, my employer that I'd be doing this. I think, um, as I said, it's de- dependent on sort of how how big um, this you know project would be for someone and how time consuming it would be. Um, I think 
again, depending on the context, it's obviously the responsible thing to do to if you think that it's something that's going to be taking a lot of your time and distracting you from um, your, you know, full time job, that that's something that you should sort of have a conversation with your employer about. I've taken the perspective that, um, you know, I'm a lawyer right now and I'm I'm um, really focused on that. And I um, as much as I'm um, passionate about my idea and doing as much as I can in my free time, it's in my free time. And um, I I can and I won't allow that to sort of interfere with what is what is my main focus, which is my career and my and my job as a lawyer. So um, that's not, you know, an easy uh, decision to make. And I think it, for people who um, there are obviously examples of people who really take that big step in leaving uh, if they're, by the way, lucky to sort of have the resources and um, the ability to do that. Uh, obviously, people um, are tied to their uh, daytime jobs for a lot of reasons. Um, so it's a, it's a tricky balance for sure. And I think um, it's something that I'm, you know, learning along the way. But luckily, what I'm doing right now is sort of small enough that I feel uh, comfortable being able to maintain it um, sort of on the side, so to speak, instead of it um, being worried that it, it could consume my time in a way that would interfere with my my full-time job. So now as you're starting to think about raising money to create a bigger venture, at what point will you tell your employer, what point will you you quit the ties and say, I'm an entrepreneur bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That is TBD. That's uh, that. That's all I can say. Um, I, you know, it's that is far in the future, and I'm um, I'm really focused on um, both my my dreams and some. Sometimes that happens in my free time, but um, also I, I love. Frankly, I love my job um, right now. I'm getting to do really cool work that, in some ways, still allows me to interact with um, issues and and people and industries that are relevant to sort of how I've been conceiving of um, this the the t-shirt idea and what I might want to do um, with it to grow it. So I've been really lucky to that for there to be some overlap there. Um, and so far, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Well, so. that in and of itself is fantastic advice in that be in the present and right. worry about that when you get to that point <laughs> where you're going to say your employer, say to your employer. So uh, Mina and I, we didn't get too much time to talk about your parents, but I, you guys will have to do some snooping. Since she was an early uh, employee at Facebook, I figured you were Mina on Facebook, and you are, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you guys get a chance, uh, go and look her up, because you've got some interesting stuff on your timeline. Your parents are incredibly accomplished. So you're coming from a pretty successful family, uh, basically just a upbringing. Um, and so uh, hopefully everyone will connect with you afterwards because you're very inspirational. And like someone, I think it was Renata, said earlier on the chat, you've done a lot. <laughs> uh, Thanks so much. It's really great talking with you. So I wanted to ask you just a couple questions before you go. One, because I know a lot of people have this that are doing kind of the same thing as you. They're creating T-shirts. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned briefly about Instagram. How are you using Instagram? Uh, one of the things that I really love seeing is just all of the faces of the women that are wearing the shirt. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about how you're doing that because you have 800 plus followers without really trying. It seems like on Instagram. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been it's been so um, early on when I was really sort of launching this. I was putting a lot more time into Instagram into Instagram, not uh, necessarily with content, but. Um, I mentioned this before, sort of exploring what other people were doing and trying to learn from um, the practices of other people who are seeming to be really successful um, at using Instagram as a marketing tool. And through that process, which you know included um, engaging with other people's profiles and um, 
in that way too, sort of creating more visibility around my account. I was um, able to get more people to buy t-shirts who then posted it on Instagram. And then I was able to then, you know, post them on our, um, on my account. So it was, it, it came about sort of slowly and through initial, um, good amount of time spent kind of poking around and seeing what was out there. Um, and in that way to being strategic and engaging with people who seem to have companies or um, personas or identities that that um, the t-shirt would resonate with. So um, I was I was definitely thoughtful about that in terms of um, who I was looking for to, to interact with on Instagram and try to um, create relationships with in that way. It's interesting. A lot of the stuff that you've talked about is just being very intentional in everything you do, really taking the time to look into why you should be talking to someone, building relationships. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the things that I've taken away so far, Mina. So uh, just to end the conversation, you've already given us a lot of advice for female entrepreneurs about um, about mentorship and about getting started. But if I had an idea and let's say I wanted to even start fundraising on a low level, kind of like you were doing with the t-shirt. What advice would you give me, especially along if you can frame it in some way around confidence and, mm-hmm. and the, the empowerment platform, like we've said, that you're, you've started with, I'm an entrepreneur, bitch. What would you tell a YFE? Well, in terms of fundraising, I think um, I, people forget that sort of your biggest supporters and biggest cheerleaders are going to be your friends and your family and your networks and your classmates and people who, um, this goes back to the mentorship conversation, who want to invest in interesting things that you're doing and are interested in you as an individual. So I think um, people forget, and it's amazing now what, what has been done with crowdfunding. I'm a huge proponent of that. And I think people, um, the idea of raising money and fundraising can be so um, scary. A lot of, you know, the idea of going out and asking people for money. But I think there are so many um, creative ways to do that now. And the first step, I think, is really reaching out to familiar networks and people who um, are going to be interested in, in something cool that you're doing um, just because they're interested in you and um, and want to be supportive. I think people, you know, we lose sight um, getting so caught up in how to, um, you know, take all of the proper steps to build a business and to um, do sort of these uh, formal things. But I think they really can come about in ways that um, are through relationships and through conversations. And, um, you know, back to what you said too, just sort of being curious and thoughtful and authentic. And I think um, good things uh, usually come from that. And so um, I know that's sort of probably a little bit more fuzzy in terms of concrete uh, (laughs) advice, but in a lot of my um, fundraising experience, is um, in the in the political realm too, which um, you know, talking to people, trying to recruit people to do fundraising, um, even in the in the political um, space. One of the things that I've always told people is that you can make it fun. You don't actually. It's not about cold, necessarily cold calling people and saying, "Will you contribute fifty dollars to Barack Obama or Kamala Harris?" It's maybe throwing a party and you know making a deal with um, a local venue to get um, you know a food or, or, or drinks deal, and you throw a party with friends who are again interested in the fact that you're involved in this campaign that they may not know much about, but it seems to be something that you're clearly passionate about. Um, so the, I think that that too is being able to uh, be authentic in conveying your enthusiasm to people and your dedication to something. I think um, it's it's really uh, easier than people realize to sort of inspire that enthusiasm in others. Um, 
both again uh, through the individual and then also sort of the actual um, you know uh, venture you may be pursuing. So um, that and I learned that again through um, the political space. And I think it applies just the same um, to people wanting to smart to start small businesses or um, um, other entrepreneurial endeavors. So I could go off on another riff about the the piece on um, inspiring others and how important that is. I've read an article, and I think it was in Inc., about how narcissism is a key component in creating a successful startup. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because because most narcissists are very inspired, or they'll they can inspire room easily because they can get you excited because they think it's the best thing ever. So anyway, <laughs> Mina, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Everyone, check out I'mAnEntrepreneurBitch.com. If you want to wear it on your chest, let everyone know you're an entrepreneur. Definitely buy a shirt. I think it's fabulous. Mina, thank you so much for sharing your advice generously with us. Where can where do you want us to follow you online? So the Instagram handle is I'm an entrepreneur bitch. A <laughs> uh, little long. And the website, um, unsurprisingly, is I, I you mentioned this several times, is I'm an entrepreneur bitch.com. You can go to the website is um, very minimalist. You can go there to buy a t-shirt. Um, the Instagram is where uh, there's more to see. And um, I love um, seeing, you know, I, that's how you meet new people and see other cool things that um, other young women are doing is tagging photos um, in a t-shirt and, um, and, and, and tagging the, the handle on Instagram. So if you do buy one, please do that so we can um, have some fun. I did, it was a really easy way to find other young women doing really cool things, just going on Instagram and checking out your account. So, again, Mina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. So you've been watching Mina Harris. She's the creator of I'mAnEntrepreneurBitch.com. Hopefully, like I said, all check it out. And next week we have a kind of a similar line where we're talking a little bit more about financing. And, you know, I, one of the things that I loved that Mina talked about tonight was keeping it – not necessarily simple, but keeping it focused, being present in the moment and not getting too far ahead of yourself where, you know, you're not worried about what you're going to tell your employer, you know, down six months down the line when you finally have the idea started. You're just thinking about what you're doing today. So I really appreciated that about Mina, but taking it a next step forward, we have the one of the in, uh, investment team members from Maverin. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, Maverin? I don't know. We'll find out next week. Uh, she's Rebecca Caden. And as you can see in this picture, it's all dudes and then Rebecca. And I was like, how did Rebecca get there? And she started when she was getting her MBA on this. This venture capital firm, by the way, is founded. Um, one of the co-founders is Howard Schultz. And if you're in the Seattle area, you know how important that guy is. Well, actually, if you're anywhere in the world, you know how important that guy is. So anyway. Show up next Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll continue this conversation of financing and getting started and having confidence in yourself. Uh, thank you all so much for joining me. I uh, Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get into the conversation in the comments below. I hope to see you back here next Thursday. Thanks, everyone.